0: why'd you make me watch this you made me watch something i didn't like next time we will watch something i like but i can't believe you made me watch you made me watch Emperor's new groove yeah i feel good that i put <laughs> off watching dumb and dumber one more week <laughs> Are you? Yeah, because I found this morning a documentary called Sweatbox, Mm -hmm. which was made by Trudy Styler, Sting's wife, Mm -hmm. which is a behind the scenes look at. The making of Emperor's New Groove.
1: What was it originally called? Uh,
0: Kingdom in the Sun. Then they changed the name to Kingdom of the Sun. And then late in the documentary, the Sweatbox documentary, someone says, what's the new title of the movie again? And someone says, Emperor's New Groove. And everyone goes,
1: Ugh. Oh, no. Yikes.
0: Yeah. This was in production At Disney, the same time as Atlantis. Mm -hmm. And it was originally conceived by Roger Allers, who did Lion King. Mm -hmm. And, you know, Lion King was a huge hit.
1: Huge hit.
0: So he had this really ambitious movie to talk basically about like the creation of the universe through Incan folklore. And he got Sting on board to do like six songs. And part of the deal was Sting said, sure, as long as my wife can do a documentary too about our journey of making this. And then they also borrowed from Prince and the Pauper where originally this was about an emperor played by David Spade and a pauper played by Owen Wilson who looked identical. And then they switched places. And then the Eartha Kitt character Uh who's like the um, little finger (laughs) (laughs)
1: Yeah, basically. Yeah.
0: She is kind of like a a sorceress who doesn't necessarily want to take over like she does in Emperor's New Groove, but she wants... Youth, And she's like very vain. And she's this fully fleshed out villain that they kind of ended up using a lot of the notes for that for Tangled. Mm-hmm. Um, but it was like a much, much bigger part, uh, a meatier part, more nuanced character. And there was a, a love interest where there was a llama herder played by Carla Gugino and. Mm-hmm. Um, who falls in love with the emperor character mm-hmm. um, because he's you know now Owen Wilson the popper mm-hmm. and really kind and Sting wrote this beautiful duet oh uh, God Isma. Uh, the Earth a Kit character had like this little Incan rock character that was voiced by Harvey Firestein. Sting wrote a great song for him, too, about why can't humans be more like rocks? Mm-hmm. That I think was based on a song that he really liked in My Fair Lady, maybe. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so Sting was really excited writing all these songs. And at one point in time, too, someone says, you know, Sting might be too good of a song make writer to do a, a simple Disney film. Are we sure we have the right guy? Oh, my God. He might be a little too old and uh, sophisticated, which is funny because then they end up getting Tom Jones, who is, I think, 12 years older than Sting, to do like that closing number. Yeah. Oh. Um, So the whole movie is just like basically through the eyes of Sting trying to do this music for this Disney film and how everything keeps falling apart because Mm -hmm. the two heads of Disney at the time saw the original thing that Roger Allers did. And Mm -hmm. they were like, no, we hate it all. So... It slowly became a dumber and dumber movie where you see everyone involved. Like, even Eartha Kit is like, I really like the way the character was before. And, yeah. And animators who create characters are... You know, just get told like, oh, yeah, your character is not in this anymore. So
1: I didn't know any of that. I just remember when it came out, I was like, I guess I'll check it out. And I didn't really have high hopes for it. I remember thinking it was pretty funny. Like, I was surprised that I enjoyed it. But rewatching it now, I'm like, eh. It's really uneven. (laughs) Yeah. And now I know why.
0: (laughs) Yeah. And it took like years to get me. Like they scrapped everything. At one point in time, they had like six outlines going, trying to figure out what the story was going to be. I was telling you this earlier. They hired Mark Shaman, who did like the music for South Park, Bigger Wonder, Mm -hmm. Uncut, who's a great film composer. Mm -hmm. And he was really excited about, doing this where he's like, I'm focusing on like every moment of animation to do like music that goes along with this. And Mm -hmm. they did like one test screening, which was funny because they did it up in the Valley at that movie theater where you and I went to a lot of test screenings and stuff. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And the theater wasn't even like full. It was only like maybe half full. Mm -hmm. And at least according to the documentary, based on that one test screening, they were like, no, let's scrap all the music. It doesn't work. And then they cut to Mark Shaman Shaman going like, I don't care. I got a giant ego. I know I made good music and they paid me. I don't care.
1: Wow. That's like such a bummer but i feel like that kind of shit happens all the time with movies like not even just animated films like the amount of movies that we saw and how they're tested and you know oh yeah nobody just makes the movie they want to make anymore that does not happen there is so much interference with studios and marketing companies and like they want to know what people think
0: yeah we even went and saw three billboards outside missouri yeah the first screening of it. The
1: first screening of it and sat next to. McDonough. Is it Martin McDonough? Yeah, Martin
0: McDonough. Yeah, we yeah. sat
1: next to him and like his assistant. Yeah. And I was like as loudly as I could before they got up. I was like, it was wonderful. I loved it. I hope they don't change anything.
0: When you go to a test screening, they usually pull about 20 people at mm-hmm. the end to kind of have like a and a with them. And Alice and I were kind of known by one of the people from the focus group. So she would call on us just because those people tend to get like little freebies and, you know, free tickets Yeah,
1: they'll give you like 10 bucks or 20 bucks or a free ticket or something.
0: So (laughs) that was when I kind of like stood up and was like, Martin McDonough is the greatest writer of our generation and we would be fools to change a thing about this movie.
1: I know. I feel like almost everybody really liked it. Yeah. But we were like, don't change anything. Like, it's perfect
0: the way that it is. And it got nominated for an Oscar. And it got so. nominated
1: for an Oscar, and so did um, Francis McDormand, and so did um, Sam Rockwell. Yeah. So, it was amazing.
0: And I hated the Chips movie, and how many Oscars did Chips get nominated <laughs> for? Oh, yeah, zero.
1: You're never going to let that it, go. It
0: turns out I have my finger on the pulse of the Academy Awards. <sighs>
1: Maybe the problem with the Chips movie is that too many people interfered with it. Maybe that was the
0: problem. Oh, yeah, yeah. That was that was totally the problem.
1: Well, I'm just saying, you know, it could have been one of those things where people like, I want it to be raunchier. I want it, you know, I want this. I want that.
0: I am curious to see how the Chips movie that got released, because you and I never saw it once it was released.
1: No, because you were like, we're never going to see this. You were so angry about how much you disliked it, which, I mean, I thought it was fine. I didn't like it, but I was like. You liked it. I didn't. Oh, my God you know what? Fine. I thought it was okay.
0: <laughs> you, I thought you've it was always okay. Said I, I didn't love it. You've always said I liked it. I didn't love it. It was fine. Yeah. It wasn't
1: the worst movie I've ever seen or anything like that. It wasn't the best movie by far. You just are so <laughs> crazy about how much you don't like it. You won't let me have an opinion. You're just like, you're wrong. It's like, who cares? It's a movie. It's one movie. Why are you so crazy?
0: Well, had we watched this beforehand and you said, you know, it's fine. I could have also said, yeah, but you like The Emperor's New Groove, too. So (sighs) I
1: did like it when it came out and I feel like I've seen it maybe once or twice since.
0: You are right. It is kind of choppy in the pacing. And after seeing like the documentary, I was like, Well, how many people wrote this thing? Eleven people wrote it and I was like, Oh my god And then I looked and saw that twenty six people are credited on Lion King. So I was like, Oh well, you know. <laughs> yeah.
1: yeah, I mean I don't know, you know, what all goes into creating, you know, like the big release for Disney each year the big animated release for them each year so i don't really yeah you know who knows maybe
0: the little bit i know about animation and based on where i'm going to go with this I'm, i don't want to say our friend's name but our friend that is an animation director in hollywood mm-hmm. the horror stories that he's told me yeah like when he worked on uh i, I can't remember the name of the show but there That's was probably good yeah <laughs>
1: maybe don't <laughs> yeah. say that
0: but there was a animated tv show that was his first job and it was created by a bunch of Pretty well-known and beloved comedians. Mm -hmm. And they were just brutal to the animators and made them work long hours and weekends and overtime just because they didn't like the way like one line of like one joke played out. And then, you know, they'd go back in on Monday and then the creator people were just sort of like, eh yeah, maybe it was better the first one. Like, yeah, just animators get treated like shit. Mm. And another thing that he told me was that Disney, apparently going back to when they were making propaganda oh, yeah, war yeah. bond films, films, yeah, got some sort of clause where Disney is allowed to pay all of their people below what the union scale is. So if you work on a Disney film, you are going to make less than someone That works at like Fox You know like the people That work on Bob's Burgers Probably all make more money Than anyone who works at Disney Oh, That just goes to show you How fucked up Disney is
1: Yeah it's unfortunate Because you know The product that they put out Is generally speaking Really wonderful And means a lot To a lot of people And I mean even like Their theme parks And like their merchandise And I mean like It's so ingrained in society People are you know It's so beloved But it's like You work there And it's very different But I feel like that's true of a lot of companies, you know?
0: Yeah. Sweatbox, by the way, the title for the documentary, they got that because that's the nickname of the screening room at Disney. Oh, God. Everyone sweats to go in there. Yeah. You know, because you're going to find out that all your hard work was for nothing. For nothing. I think that there's a magic to things like Disney (laughs) films where... You know, because they're such a part of people's childhoods Mm -hmm. that you don't really take into account that it is a business like any other business. Yeah,
1: it's a a business.
0: Apparently, this is the first animated film that Patrick Warburton did.
1: Oh, really? And
0: he's really good. He's great. The whole cast is good.
1: Yeah, everybody's really great. It doesn't, I mean, a lot of the jokes are really bad, but it has some good stuff, you know, like some of the jokes are funny.
0: Yeah, that's a part of the documentary, too, where someone says, uh, it's not very funny. (laughs) that's fairly early on you know so Mm -hmm. you know around the test screening time and yeah
1: um, it seems like they had someone come in and just do punch up for
0: it yeah it's an uphill battle too because david spade as the emperor is really unlikable all the way up until pretty much the last five minutes yeah so it's kind of hard to have a kid's film where your lead character...
1: Is unlikable almost the entire time.
0: You can get that in adult entertainment, like not like porno. Um, oh, my God. <laughs> but, but, like, but like Breaking Bad, mm-hmm. you can do that kind of thing. Yeah. Um, An anti-hero, kind of. I, I can't, off the top of my head, think of another children's film where the lead character...
1: Is so unlikable the whole yeah. time. Yeah, yeah. I don't think I can either. I mean, really, in everything else, you're really rooting for the... The hero or the lead the whole time. Well, I think
0: Ariel in Little Mermaid's kind of an asshole. <laughs> <laughs> you
1: I'm know what? Kidding. <laughs> I'm kidding. You know what? You haven't even seen it, so don't even start. Um, but I, yeah, I think you're right. There really isn't one where you're not really rooting for. I mean, I think if anything, the hero of the movie is Pacha.
0: Oh yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: But I mean, the movie's called The Emperor's New Groove, not you know like Pacha and the Emperor or anything right. like that. It's not. It's, it's framed, uh, you know, around a really selfish jerk mm-hmm. who kind of gets his come comeuppance. But there's, you know, but Pacha still, like, takes pity on him and is like, I'll help you, you know, try to work with me, though.
0: It Just think about the changes that that character went through. Like, originally, that was the Owen Wilson character. Mm-hmm. So he looked exactly like the prince mm-hmm. or the emperor. And then they decided okay, we're going to completely scrap this character. And then they ended up making him a lot older because originally he was supposed to be 18 as well. Mm-hmm. So then they made him 45 and gave him a family. This is also the first Disney film to have a pregnant character.
1: Oh, interesting.
0: Yeah. in Pacha's uh, wife. Pacha's
1: wife played yeah. by Wendy Malik.
0: Which I thought for sure was Shelley Long.
1: Which I don't know how you thought that. Their voices are not
0: similar. Well, they both had that very like... New York, very classy.
1: Yeah, but Wendy Malick's voice is like much, it's got like a deeper, like richer sound. Like Shelley Long's is a little bit more shrill. Okay. Anyway, I think you're wrong.
0: <laughs> well, at least I don't like chips.
1: <laughs> at least I can let it go when it comes to chips.
0: <laughs> yeah but we don't know like maybe one day i'll be like whose voice is that and then you'll go oh i don't know maybe it's shelly longs oh <laughs> maybe you'll keep bringing this up like i bring up chips
1: uh, maybe maybe i won't maybe i'll be nicer
0: oh you'll forget it probably but right now like in the back of your head you're like god i hope i can remember like, don't thing. forget
1: shelly long
0: <laughs> you're putting a note in your phone right now yep remember shelly long <laughs> And, and then, then I'm going to
1: look at it and be like, what the hell is this even mean? Right. It's going to be bad.
0: I do nerd out over little things like the old man in this movie who oh. really only has two scenes. Yeah. I recognized his voice right away. And it's John Fielder, who's a character actor. And,
1: and an angel sent from heaven. Yeah.
0: He also does the voice of Piglet. Mm-hmm. But it, it's he has one of those voices where I just
1: recognized
0: it. it right away. I was like, that sounds like Shelley Locke.
1: <laughs> <laughs> no, 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 no. Yeah, he's only in two scenes, but yeah, he's ad- just like very adorable.
0: Yeah. Eartha Kitt is great. In
1: Eartha Kitt is amazing and is so funny because she's really just like, she really, she's not doing anything that's like overtly funny. She's just reacting to the shit that's happening to her. She's just
0: committing 100%. Yeah and it it's very cool in the documentary there's a lot of it on eartha kit mm-hmm. so you get to see a lot of her like putting her whole body into doing the voice recordings mm-hmm. and stuff and uh wow like she was great
1: <laughs> yeah she's fantastic she's really 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 funny
0: and then at the end she turns into a cat which is
1: which is cute because she was catwoman yeah um So I thought that was
0: sort of fun. Yeah. It's a shame that Eartha Kitt's dead. I didn't know.
1: Yeah. For a little little while now. Yeah. yeah.
0: She died in 2008
1: on Christmas Day. Yeah.
0: Oh, lived to be 81, though.
1: She's great, though. She was really great. Yeah. And then.
0: Oh, (laughs) in the documentary, too, it shows them all working on Christmas. Oh. And the song that they're playing is Santa Baby, the Eartha Kitt version. Nice. Yeah.
1: That's sort of sweet. Yeah, Patrick Warburton plays Cronk, who is the, you know, kind of comic relief through a lot of it, mm-hmm. um, which is pretty fun because he's like just a big, dumb dude, which is kind of what he's typecast as a little bit. Yeah. Um, But I mean, crushing it, you know, the big, dumb dude with a big heart.
0: Eartha Kitt was also the first Catwoman to be older than Batman.
1: Oh, really? I didn't know that.
0: Yeah, she was one year older. Hmm.
1: Yeah. Nice. But yeah, I th- everybody was really good in it. And I think they did, you know, a good job with what they had. I think David Spade was the right choice too for the character.
0: Yeah, he plays smarmy.
1: Smart. Yeah, exactly. He does a great job of being like, oh, why? It's why is this happening to me? You know, he does a great job of doing that. Yeah. And you know, even at the end, like after he and Patra survived the um the bridge collapse. And he's like, you saved my life. Like, you care about me. And he's like, oh, come on. Nobody's that heartless. Like, he can deliver lines like that, believably.
0: Yeah. I never think of him as necessarily a good actor, mm-hmm. even though I am a David Spade fan. Yeah. I think voice acting is particularly hard, and I'm always a little bit leery when big movies go for the name star yeah, versus... Of
1: a voiceover the, actor. Yeah,
0: yeah. yeah. Like, I really think voiceover acting is an art in itself yeah for sure but i think he did a really really good job Mm -hmm.
1: yeah he 100% can be you know he he really did a great job being compassionate towards the end and you know, caring about Pacha and having kind of an internal struggle, especially when they're trying to get the vial so that he can become human again. And he kind of has to choose between Pacha and the vial. And yeah. you believe him when he rescues Pacha instead. I
0: didn't dislike it at all. I liked the documentary a lot more yeah. than I liked it. Just because that's that's how I nerd out. Yeah, you know, I know. That's why I prefer buying stuff on blu-ray versus watching it streaming because i like all the extras extras, yeah yeah
1: i like that for you know like films that i like love Mm -hmm. you know i really like doing that to see or (laughs) sometimes i like to buy uh the blu-ray uh if it was a particularly scary movie and (laughs) i need to watch the behind the scenes shit so that i can watch that movie again yeah Like uh, the Evil Dead remake scared the living shit out of me and I couldn't watch it for like a year. (laughs) And then we bought it and I was like, let's watch the behind the scenes first (laughs) so that I can get ready for what's about to happen.
0: Which that one in particular has great extra features on the Blu-ray because the guy who did the Evil Dead remake, Mm -hmm. Fidi Alvarez... Learned how to make movies by watching the bonus features on DVDs when he was growing up. Oh, really? Because he's from South America someplace, I believe. And they don't have a giant film community there. So he just had to kind of learn on his own. And that was how he learned was watching bonus features on DVDs. So that's why the movies like he did, like uh, Evil Dead and Don't Breathe, have... Pretty good bonus features.
1: Yes, the the bonus features on both of those were really really good. um I still we still haven't rewatched *Hereditary* yet because I'm so scared. <laughs> I feel like I would rewatch it if we could watch the bonus features first. But we don't own it. We don't own it because I'm not ready to even buy it yet. That movie scared the shit out of me, and your mom wanted to watch it. We had to oh. talk her out of it. Yeah. <laughs> She's like, no, I think I would like it. We're like, no. No, you won't like it. She's like, N-. we're like, listen, it's really heavy. She's like, I, I think I would like it. I think it, I liked, I like scary movies. We're like, no, you won't like this one. No, <laughs> you'll hate it.
0: Fede Alvarez, by the way, is from Uruguay. Uruguay. No, I'm not.
1: Okay, anyway. <laughs> Did you just tell me that so you could do that joke? <laughs>
0: Yeah. You're such a brat. You, you, you walked right into it. I
1: did. God damn it.
0: I'm a straight. <laughs> oh,
1: my God. It was fun to talk your mom out of watching Hereditary. Like She might
0: like Hereditary. I, I think she could.
1: Mm, all right. I'm going to do a spoiler alert. So if skip ahead for like 15 seconds or whatever. Even with the sawing of the head off, like when Tony Collette saws her own head off, you really think she could make it through that?
0: Oh, I completely forgot about that. Yes. Yeah.
1: I mean, it's towards the end, but like that's one of the most horrifying things in the movie. Apparently not to me. Maybe you blocked it out because it's so upsetting.
0: Yeah, maybe. Yeah, that is a pretty, uh, now that I'm thinking about it.
1: Like when I watched that part, I was like, is this movie almost over? <laughs> I'm so <laughs> upset. All right, and we're back. No All more right. no more hereditary spoilers.
0: <laughs> no more tangents.
1: This movie is, I guess I would say that it probably is the least like a Disney movie I've ever seen.
0: Yeah, it really feels like a long episode of a Disney cartoon.
1: <laughs> yeah, or even like...
0: Cartoon series.
1: Yeah, like something that it would be on like Nickelodeon or like Cartoon yeah. Network or something. Like It's really corny. Really corny.
0: I mean, I don't have a lot of Disney films to base it on well that i you know i I haven't seen a lot but it definitely didn't feel as cinematic as i imagine disney films are
1: yeah they are much more cinematic generally speaking this one was kind of i mean it's an (sighs) did it have any musical numbers
0: i feel like maybe it did at the beginning maybe
1: yeah the open there was an opening musical number but that was it like so it there was really nothing else and that's really unheard of for a lot of disney movies there's usually a lot of like song breaks
0: yeah and it's so weird that they hired sting to write six songs or he did write six songs and they only played
1: one like at the end of the movie over the credits i was listening through the whole movie i'm like when do they play any of the sting songs because you had mentioned it before and then when the And credits start playing they start to play the song and i'm like oh they just buried it at the end there all right (laughs) yeah that sucks
0: yeah like they talk about how they get it down to two where they wanted him to write an opening song that they could do like a reprise for the end Mm -hmm. and then a second song for over the end credits and it just got whittled down that's so unfortunate (laughs) yeah and it was interesting too seeing him coming from the world of music where it's pretty much he writes a song and you know largely produces it and yeah you know, he has a lot
1: more control there you right know?
0: and he ended up getting a collaborator because he didn't want a song for this to sound like a sting song yeah he wanted help to you know yeah and just the way he was dealing with like committee Oh, it's funny, too, because um, Roger Allers, the original director, the Mm -hmm. guy who did Lion King, says in the documentary, he says something like, you know, they keep saying, like, we're not saving lives. We're just making a cartoon. But you could also say to, like, Michelangelo, like, you're not saving lives. You're just making a painting. You know, like, he's like, it's. It's my art. It still means something to me. Yeah. And then one of the producers at the end says something like, you know, and, you know, I get it that, you know, these people are making art, well, not uh, art, uh, entertainment. Like he does, oh. like the guy who kind of ruined what it initially could have been, been kind of ruined it because I feel like he doesn't look at it as art. art. He just looks at it as, as entertainment. Yeah. Super egotistical, too. Ugh, oh. That
1: is shocking. I am yeah. shocked to hear that. Yeah. Ugh, gross. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's it's a decent movie. I think if you're a kid, you'd probably enjoy it, like, you know, maybe like 10 or so. you yeah. probably really
0: enjoy it. I think Benji will like it. There's a lot of fun set pieces in it
1: yeah i think it's you know it's kind of silly i mean it's not
0: there are good lessons about friendship and being a good person
1: it's not a completely lost movie i would say you no, know no, no, no. it is it is a lot about doing the right thing i think ultimately yeah and i think that's that is important to not be selfish and to think about other people that's a good message yeah especially considering what's the you know everything that's going on <laughs> right now
0: i interviewed laurel droz our friend for my movies for kids podcast Mm -hmm. and she was talking about um i think it was her maybe it was megan connington heath one of the two of them i Mm -hmm. I talked to them both at the same uh back to back yeah but one of them brought up showing their kids Like Little Mermaid, where they're like, Oh, I I need to stress that giving up your vocal cords for a boy (laughs) isn't really a good lesson. I don't feel like this one had any lessons that you and I will have to say to Benji. Like, Like, so listen. listen." Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Because, like, even. uh, Pacha's wife
1: was like witty and fun and was like a good partner. Yeah.
0: And takes care of the bad guys on her own. And like even Yzma, is that the Eartha character? Yeah, Yzma. She ends up eventually just getting rid of Patrick Warburton because she's like, I just have to do this on my own. So it doesn't portray... Women and the fact that there's no love interest yeah. in the movie, you don't have a lot of the faults that generally happen in animated. Dis- yeah, Disney it's not movies. a it's
1: not a like rescue me situation. It's not a women can't do without men kind yeah. of a thing. Yeah, it's it's not that at all. Yeah,
0: so, so that's good. Yeah, there are positives about it. Like, yeah, I think Benji will like this when he gets older.
1: I think so too. I think it'll definitely be a movie. You know, when he gets to be like you know. Seven, eight,
0: nine. Mm-hmm. Definitely
1: really enjoy it.
0: Yeah. Maybe even younger.
1: Maybe. I mean, it's def- it's silly for sure. So I think that, you know, kids like that silly stuff. Well, this was fun.
0: Yeah. I- I'm glad that we watched it. Mostly because I got to nerd out and watch that documentary. You
1: did. I know. You were so excited. Like, I got up today, and you were like, all right, so I watched this documentary. I'm like, uh uh-huh.
0: Yeah, when I found out that it existed, I was like, oh, God, I hope I can find it. And it's funny, because the YouTube comments are... you know i i hope people make copies of this because you know as soon as disney realizes this is up they're gonna have it removed and uh those comments were like a year old
1: oh nice <laughs> yeah all right
0: so apparently disney's like eh, who cares
1: yeah, I guess yeah. it's probably there's enough time has passed. That yeah, they're just I, like,
0: I don't think that the two shitty producer guys are still at Disney I anymore. don't think so. Yeah, I, I was looking at their credits and it, it doesn't look like they are. Mm-hmm. Um,
1: I think Disney has someone else. Yeah. Art by committee. Too many cooks. Too many cooks in the kitchen. You can collaborate and create something amazing, but when you get too many people, you get too many opinions
0: and... I think Disney is probably doing better now. I because think so. I, but then again, I, I can think of counterpoints to this because I was going to say The Mandalorian, being Jon Favreau's vision mm-hmm. largely, turned out great. It did. Then the flip side of that is Disney not letting, like, um, Lord and Miller do solo like they wanted to. Yeah. And it, which makes me wonder if, like, Thor Ragnarok had come out. Beforehand, And maybe it did. I'm not sure. It makes you wonder if they did or, you know, maybe the timing was different. I, I would have to look and see. But, you know, Thor Ragnarok being kind of a comedic thing. Yeah, it was would, funny. Yeah.
1: I actually saw that one. Yeah. And, and I don't usually see those.
0: And I, I guess Disney is letting Taika Waititi do a Star Wars thing. Yeah, they I'm are. Which I'm very excited about.
1: I'm super excited.
0: I hope that they let him do it the whole way and not fire him.
1: I do too, because he is so funny. We just watched that, um, the original short of What We Do in the Shadows. Yeah. Because um, we saw the movie several years ago, and now we watch the television series. And he is so funny.
0: Yeah, he's great. He's so funny.
1: Yeah, I've really enjoyed literally everything I've seen of his. Yeah,
0: m- me being a Star Wars guy, I. I really wish that the last or the most recent trilogy mm-hmm. had been one person's...
1: Uh, it would have felt more cohesive as a trilogy. Yeah. Like it's it's kind of...
0: Because it almost makes me draw a comparison between Kingdom of the Sun to Emperor's New Grove as the Colin Trevorrow episode nine script mm-hmm. to the J.J. Abrams episode nine movie. Yeah. Where Colin Trevorrow's script was so good. And it just kind of seems like, you know, even Rogue One, which I know I'm in the minority on because a lot of people really love Rogue One. I loved Rogue One. But it almost seems like Rogue One, to me anyway, is kind of paced like Emperor's New Groove where it's just like, man, this is a lot of disconjointed scenes happening together at least for me
1: it wasn't for me i didn't i didn't get that vibe but
0: well it's okay you like chips so
1: you're never gonna let me forget it ever i'm gonna be 60 and you're gonna be 70 and you're gonna be like remember chips and i'm gonna be like god damn it and our grandkids are gonna be like chips what is that and i'm gonna have to explain to them a movie that doesn't matter that is fine But you hate, and you'll never let me forget. It's going to, this is, I'm just looking into my future right now, and I love you so much.
0: So John Fielder, um, who (laughs) did the voice of Piglet, I could be confusing two separate things, because I also thought that maybe John Fielder did the voice of the cat in Cat from Outer Space, which is another (laughs) Disney movie, and it's a different person. So either the guy who did the voice of the cat from Cat from Outer Space or John Fielder is in a movie about character actors who start an employment agency, so Mm -hmm. uh, character actors can get jobs in between movie jobs. Mm -hmm. And one of the people who's the star of it, uh, one of the people who is in it, is the guy who played the police chief in the original Chips series. (laughs) Oh my God! (laughs) That was such a long track to
1: get there oh my god it took so do you think long. people
0: ever listen to this podcast and go like man allison must be so lucky to be married <laughs> to mike <laughs> and the way his stupid brain works oh my god
1: i don't know i honestly i think they think we're we're cute i hope they think we're cute i hope they think we're cute <laughs>
0: Uh, Uh, We should have given out an email address at some point in time on this to to see if people would write and go, Allison, you have the patience of a saint.
1: (laughs) Maybe we should get one. (laughs) It would be nice to read some emails.
0: (laughs) I'll give out my email. If you want to suggest a movie for the podcast or... Um, let us know what you think. You can either leave a comment. I guess we haven't really said that before. Yeah, that's true. Leave a review and leave a comment if, if you you know would like yeah. to. I mean, we're really doing this podcast for us and mm-hmm. we've actually recorded a bunch of them and haven't released them at all yet. So we have no idea what people are thinking. What anybody if, thinks, yeah. If anyone is even listening to yeah. it. You know, if you like it, leave a review. Um, if you'd like to leave us a comment, Personally, I have no problem. Uh, oh, You know what? I'll give out the uh, email address for the... Uh, other- nah, f- fuck it. My email address is on my website. Oh, yeah, that's um, true. Uh, just mike at offthemike.com, O-F-F-T-H-E-M-I-K-E, and uh, leave a-, a message for me or Allison, and uh, let us know what you think. Mm-hmm. Um, write and tell us that you also thought the Chips movie was garbage. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
1: Uh- <laughs> It's fine. It's not the word anyway. I'm not going to keep doing this. I can't. I can't keep doing this.
0: Thank you for sharing Emperor's New Groove with me. No problem. We had. Uh, <laughs> you did let me choose between Super Mario Brothers, Emperor's New Groove, or
1: Crazy Rich Asians. I you originally picked Super
0: Mario Brothers. I picked Super Mario Brothers because I wanted to watch something. Really dumb. Like, I wanted to be able to concentrate more and really take in crazy rich Asians. Mm -hmm. For some reason, I can't say that. Because okay. I know that that's going to be an excellent movie. Yeah, it was really good. And I just, I was so sleepy last night.
1: Yeah, we um, didn't make it through the whole movie last night. We no. had to pause.
0: <laughs> and it's a very short movie. Yeah, it's too. only
1: like, it's barely 90 minutes.
0: Yeah, I think it was like 77 minutes or yeah, something like it's, that. It's pretty short. I am looking forward to that, but we couldn't find Super Mario streaming at all.
1: Like I even went to YouTube and it wasn't it wasn't there at all either.
0: It's like the Bob Hoskins estate is like, we would like... To, to preserve this. the memory <laughs> no. of Robert J. Hoskins,
1: he is wonderful. May he rest in peace. Yeah. So I I might buy it, just because I what? Why?
0: Are you serious? Why
1: not? You can get it really cheap if we just get it on DVD. The Blu-ray is like thirty bucks, but the DVD's like five. So I might just buy it. Ugh. It is three ninety nine on DVD.
0: They pay you three ninety nine to take they it out do. of their warehouse. Yeah. Well, that makes sense. And it's
1: Prime, so it's not even. <laughs> There's no shipping.
0: You should really confuse the person pulling DVDs at Amazon and do like Super Mario and Citizen Kane, the Criterion Collection,
1: or something <laughs> like that. I should.
0: Just so someone's like, wait, what? Yeah, why not? You're a dork. I love you. What the fuck is wrong? with
1: <laughs> No one gives a shit about that. (laughs) No one wants to hear me shop on
0: Amazon. Maybe for one of these, you should make me watch the Chips movie.
1: I have to now.
0: Don't fucking buy the (laughs) Chips movie. (laughs)